and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL podcast. I am your host, Alex Jensen. Some of you know me as Juicy. With me sitting here today is Zach Dietz, Survivor, Giants, <laughs> Giants beat writer, and uh, someone who lives in the wrong state because, honestly, he's more of a peach. How are you doing, Zach? I don't know why you are talking crap about <laughs> states when your home state Washington has put up what is it ten points through two college to seventeen? What's going on? That's my college. What's going on up there? That's my college. We want to talk about the college football over in uh, the state of New York, the entire state. But Honestly, look, I mean, I'm not here to talk about Washington okay. football right now. I'm really not. I'm really trying to force that out of my mind as you go into today. That was that was rough. We're talking Seahawks. <laughs> As we should. Good week one performance by them. Yeah, strong start. Strong start. Speaking of strong starts, let's dive into what we're going to be talking about today. It's going to get a little quick hitters on uh, our home team games, kind of uh, some takeaways from that, and then one overreaction that we each will have from the week one slate with my baby crying in the background there. Sorry for that. And then after that, we're going to dive in. We're going to talk the QB class in the 22 draft. We're going to talk about our top 10 guys and then maybe some quick hitters on a couple guys that just missed. Uh, let's start it off. Zach, obviously you're a Giants guy. What were your takeaways from the Giants week one performance? I mean, as a brief synopsis, I will say this. Outside of the one extremely costly momentum-flipping very predictable Daniel Jones fumble. He did not look that bad. You know, nothing sexy, nothing special, but you know what? He hit most of his passes. Uh, the connection with Sterling Shepard was really good. I liked how spry Kenny Galladay looked. The offensive line outside of Nate Solder and Matt Parrott, who were playing on a rotation, they looked very good. Andrew Thomas had a very nice day, which is very encouraging. Uh but yeah, I mean, my main takeaway from that game is that Jason Garrett has got to go. And anyone who follows me on Twitter knows I carry that opinion heavily. Um, just, I mean, I could make jokes for days, but it's it's really, like, embarrassing, Alex, to be frankly honest, that he's still employed by this team. I get people could be like, oh, it's only week one, but, like, just stale, predictable play calling. I was watching the game over my best friend's house shout out my buddy cj and we were watching the game wearing the same exact barkley jersey me and him felt like tony romo out there just predicting these plays first down it's like madden it's like jason garrett's playing madden hb dive first down just just no excitement nothing that nothing that really gets you riled up nothing that intrigues you as a Giants fan, and it's super predictable. And the most important part, which is the saddest, is that it's not working. And, you know, I do believe that he's on a very thin leash. He will, he's an obvious scapegoat for this team. Not saying that Joe Judge, I'm, I'm not going to say right now that Joe Judge is in any danger, despite that awful challenge on the touchdown. I don't even want to get into that either, but I mean, Garrett feels like an obvious scapegoat, but I can't even really call it a scapegoat because he's completely des deserved of getting the pink slip. But yeah, not a good uh, performance at all. It was like 2020 all over again. Uh, you were probably happy Sunday. Yeah, and I want a quick shout out on that game. I'm a bit of a Daniel Jones apologist. I think... It's going to be a pitiful year, year three. If he's gone, he might be the type of person that looks very interesting as a rebound candidate on one of these teams. But you don't want to see him with more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. You just don't want to see that. And again, another fumble for him. That's been his big issue the whole time. 
tough to see that. And the offensive line just isn't seeming to give him a chance. So it's just pretty rough there. And it's honestly tough to call plays when the line can't block the plays that you want to be running. So that's got to be frustrating as a fan. I, I've seen bad offensive line play and know how frustrating that can be with Seattle, but didn't see it this week. Seahawks, man, I, I was I was more fired up than I expected to be, to be honest with you. I, I expect Seahawks to win this game coming in, but the offense is running a lot of the same plays and they're just doing it a whole lot better. Much better motion, getting Russell Wilson out into space, making things easier, taking the free stuff. It's just something that we haven't seen in a Pete Carroll offense since he was pretty much at USC in the very early days of Russ's career with Bevel. It's just... It's literally a lot of the exact same concepts, but executed at a much more efficient way and just getting an extra free couple yards each play. I think they came out, they ran it seven times in a row to start it off effectively, moved the ball, and then once that was established, just started taking the top off just the way Pete Carroll wants to. But before that, we were seeing a lot more crossing routes, a lot more over-the-middle stuff, getting Russ moving so he can hit that middle stuff. And just overall looked a whole lot better than I expected. The offensive line held up well. On the defensive side, again, not a typical Pete Carroll defense. Blitzing a ton, a couple two high looks, safety. Just switching up and adjusting the personnel we have there, which is highlighted by two of the best safeties in the NFC West. And just kind of night and day. And Rasheem Green out of nowhere looked like a star this week. I mean, I think he had a sack and two pass deflections on the stat sheet. But... I mean, before the game, they interviewed a couple Seahawks players, and they're all saying, Rasheem Green, he's the breakout player of this game. Wait for it. And he did. He had something like three or four more hits on the quarterback, too, and just to disrupt it. So if he's going to be the real deal, that could be a big difference make for this team. And they look good. NFC West is going to be a battleground, man. I'm pretty excited for it, though. I, I don't know why you're excited, man. You're going to play those other teams in the NFC West six times this year it's gonna that's gonna be a bloodbath that division is gonna be an absolute bloodbath it is it is there's gonna be a very good team finishing in fourth place and i'm here for it and honestly the seahawks kind of thrive in that sort of environment they're a thrive in the chaos team for the most part so i'm here for it i'm here for it baby again making herself heard in the background i apologize for that so i'm gonna get off the mic real quick here so that i can uh Get that taken care of really quickly and uh, let Zach jump in to overreaction of week one. Um, it's actually really funny you had brought that up, Alex, because my overreaction is that the NFC playoff race, after only one week of football, is insanely boring. And when I say that, I'm not saying the teams are bad, but I feel like they're a little predictable. I mean, let's go. Let's start off with the North, right? We got the Packers, obviously completely embarrassed by New Orleans week one. I think they'll be okay. I think that division is pretty not pretty not good overall. Um, the Cowboys, I were my preseason pick to win that division. I think they'll get it. And um, the Buccaneers, I mean, as long as Tom Brady's there, they seem like a favorite. Uh, Saints look good. I'm not trying to piss off any Saints, Vikings, or Washington fans. But I believe the NFC West will not have one playoff team, not only two playoff teams, not even three playoff teams. That's right. That whole division is going to be in the playoffs. The five, the six, the seven seed, whatever order it is, one, two, three, four, whoever wins that division, five, six, seven, NFC West. All those teams are making the playoffs. They're going to beat the hell out of each other. It won't matter because they're all going to be like 10 and six, 11 and five, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just really impressive day overall for all those teams in that division. I really don't know who's going to win it. I'll stick with my 49ers preseason pick. I'm sure you disagree with that, but I'd love to hear your overreaction. Yeah, I'm here for that take because that means Seahawks are making the playoffs 100%. So I'm with it. I'm with it. But seven seed Seahawks. It'd be pretty, it'd be pretty. I'll take it. Get us in the playoffs. Give us a chance. Lock it in. I'll take it. I'll take it. 
But that being said, I kind of went back and forth with a couple hot takes. I had an FC West one. I had a kind of more boring one that the AFC South is going to be last year's version of the NFC East. But I decided to go with something a little bit different that I think is pretty spicy. But my overreaction is going to be, I don't know if they're going to end up at the number one overall pick naturally, but the Falcons, Atlanta Falcons, draft quarterback number one overall in the 22 NFL draft. I, I think it's coming. They just looked like a dumpster fire right now. I think they've got a setup that they're going to try to compete. They've got a quarterback who they probably can't get out of this year. So they'll be able to develop a guy, which is going to be huge for this year. I think whoever ends up with the number one overall pick is probably going to be incentivized to trade back out of it. It's looking like it this year. So I kind of expect trade out of it this year, unless the team needs a quarterback. And I just think it's all lining up. I mean, Jalen Hurts looked like an absolute star in that game. You don't see that very often. The defense is dreadful, even with Dean Pease there. It was, I was very wrong about that game. I was very wrong about what was going to happen with the Texans-Jaguars game. And uh, I don't know. That's, that's my spicy overreaction. What do you think about that? Um, <clears throat> that definitely an overreaction in my book. Uh, Atlanta looked putrid. They were in that uh, Giants and Packers tier of abominable this past Sunday. But, you know, I still think that team has too much offensive firepower. The defense is atrocious. But, yeah, I mean, it could happen. It could happen. What if – I am I love Matt Ryan, but what if this is the cliff? What if this is the cliff here? Because he did not look good at all. Yeah, yeah, he did not. And uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of things that line up for me where it's probably not tr- probably not going to happen. It's got to be spicy. But if we're doing overreactions, that was my takeaway from watching that game. But it also happens to segue very nicely into what we're talking about today. Zach, with the first overall pick in the 22, 2022 NFL draft, who are the Atlanta Falcons taking? Which quarterback? Who's number one on your board? Um, you know, that's a tough question, and I'm not trying to sound like a, like a cop-out right now. Um, I feel like my number one rated quarterback is in the favor right now, and, you know, that's just my opinion. Um, I'll say right off the bat, and bef- let me, I think both of us should say with this caveat, these are our rankings from summer scouting. So, I mean, listen, we're not going to completely knock a guy to the number one spot after two games or in or vice versa, you know, he'll tumble down the board. So these are based off of mostly 2020 tape, some 2019 tape. But coming out of summer scouting, my top guy was Sam Howell, the quarterback out of UNC. And, you know, the thing with Howell is I, I don't want to sound cliche because everybody says the same stuff about him, but he does really remind me of like Baker Mayfield. And I think the thing that I like about Howell is that, listen, none of these guys are probably going to be on the same level as, in terms of like hype as prospects, as at least that's consensus top four. I'm not, I'm still not going to put Mac Jones in that mix. I do like Mac Jones. He was a first round uh, grade for me, but I'm just talking about the guys who like we thought could go one, two, three, four, like Lawrence Fields, Lance and Wilson. But, yeah, I mean, the thing about Howell is that his arm talent is great. You know, this isn't he's not Josh Allen, he's not Justin Herbert, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but he can make all the throws. He has good velocity. I thought his placement uh, was beautiful. I do um, – excuse me. Yeah, his ball placement was on point. Uh, the touch he possessed with uh, – combined with his anticipation was wonderful. You know, he consistently hit his receivers and stride on deep shots. I watched the uh, Virginia Tech and Notre Dame games from last year, and he was so impressive against two teams. Obviously, Virginia Tech this year was a little bit of a different story thanks to his offensive line. But, you know, under pressure, he was solid. Um, You know, knocks on him are the offense he plays in. You know, it's a very easy offense. Uh, There are obviously some concerns that have been exposed a little bit this year about his offensive line. And, you know, losing Javante Williams, Michael Carter, De'Ami Brown, Daz Newsome. You know, it's basically a new supporting cast. But um, the thing I like most about Howell is he just feels like the safest guy. You know, 
home run shots are fun. You know, you take a home run swing, sometimes you'll hit on a guy. But sometimes it's good, man. You and me are both baseball fans. Just get a guy that can get you doubles. Get someone, get like a Brandon Nemo. Brandon Nemo. Someone like that. Brandon Nemo, okay. Interesting. Not the comp I was expecting for Sam Howell. I like Sam Howell a lot. Uh, he's QB3 for me. It's it's close. It's a weird year. There's, there's no surefire guys in this class. I like Sam Howell a lot, though. And I agree, safest guy in kind of a different sort of way. I see the Baker Mayfield. There's a little poor man's Matt Stafford in there for me. I'm higher on his arm talent than a lot of people are. Uh, I think coming from a baseball scouting background, he does a tremendous job of keeping his hands on top of the ball, which really prevents the ball from floating, which is where you see a lot of the really bad interceptions happen. I I think he can really drive the ball pretty well for a guy with his arm talent. Another thing that really surprised me with him is People kind of bounce off him trying to tackle him, and that might be just because it's ACC tacklers, and they're notoriously, notoriously bad. There's a lot of broken tackles across the ACC. But that being said, I think it's because he's looking to throw, and then he's looking to run. And when he's looking to run, he's kind of compact. He's smaller with a denser frame, and he's quick. He's quicker than you think, and he's got some moves. It's kind of weird. I mean, he's definitely not a pure runner. I bet he's probably like a four-eight sort of a guy. But he's got some run to him, and he's one of those guys who can kind of sneak in 20 to 30 yards a game, and that's made a big difference over the last couple of years for prospects coming out. And leading into the safety thing, I think he's going to be a guy who makes some risky throws. He definitely likes to push the ball downfield. That's his mentality. But I, I think one of the things that you don't have in a lot of guys this year is those on the off-the-field men, like intangibles and leadership qualities. And you're going to hear from every coaching staff, oh, you know, our coach, our quarterback's good leader. You know, he has his own way of leading, whatever. That's not what you hear about Sam Howell. You hear this guy is a leader of men, future coach, puts all of the, the praise on everybody else, takes all of the negatives onto himself. And I think that is an underrated quality if you're talking about safety, is he's not going to be one of those guys who just blows out of the league. Even if he fails as a starter, he's going to be sticking around because of those leadership qualities that you want in that locker room. And I think that's something that's very underrated with Sam Howell and I think makes a big difference, particularly this year. Uh, So that's going to be something interesting. I like the guy. I like the guy. First round grade for me, but he's QB three. My number one guy is Spencer Rattler, who is very, very different than Sam Howell, even though he is also a smaller guy, very thin frame, listed at 6'1". I don't know that he's 6'1", if I'm being honest with you. He looks small to me. He looks small to me. He drifts around a lot. I honestly think that's because he's probably, like, generously six foot. I, I don't know. He might be one of those guys that comes in and he's 5'11 and a half. That would not shock me. I'm, uh, I'm sorry think... to cut you off, Alex, but his verified measurement from Oklahoma or from the database that you and me have access to is 5'11". 5'11 and 6'8. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I hadn't seen that, but just watching him and being used to body comping guys, I he didn't look like he was six foot one to me. So I think that's one of the reasons you see him be so reliant on playing out of structure. And I think that is going to be a bit of an issue when you're talking about driving the ball down the middle of the field, intermediate range. You have to be able to see off over your offensive lineman. And I don't know that that's going to be something that's easy for him to do at the next level. I think he's definitely the riskiest of the top guys. For, but at the same time, the arm talent is just out of this world. I, I mean, it really is kind of that Mahomes-style arm talent where he's not driving the ball like a laser beam all the time. That's not what you're seeing. You're just seeing ridiculous off-platform throws where he just flick of the wrist, one foot planted, doesn't matter, 60 yards downfield on a dime. He gets tremendous loft under his throws amazing anticipation throws not every time but you see it he can make all of the throws that you want to see he's got some mobility to him he kind of has that Mahomes like high stepping ability where you're just kind of watching him and you're like he is not fast but he's picking up 12 yards here oh he's picking up 12 yards there and a big part of that is you have to cover every inch of the field no matter where he is and that kind of keeps you from keeping too many more spies on him and stretch the field out to where he can just take a free 10 yards quite a bit I like that ability quite a bit. The dude is brash. If you like him, 
you're going to say, oh, he's very confident. If you don't like him, you're going to think he's a douche. And I know there is the whole, you know, QB1 thing, but even just hearing him interviewed now, he doesn't interview like a lot of other guys do. He's definitely interviews in a way where he's talking about himself and what his goals are for himself and a little bit less about what his goals are for the team. And that's going to rub people the wrong way. I think he's not going to be QB1 on a lot of guys' lists. But if you're looking in terms of true tools and where the NFL is going right now, I think he has to be the guy, just someone who can make every throw, throws accurately, and does know how to aggressively read the defense. Yeah, I mean, I really like Rattler. He's my, uh, it's kind of funny how's my QB1, he's your QB3, he's your QB1, he's my QB3. Um, yeah, I mean, just going off the notes that I have from him, um, I'd watch game three. The games last year, specifically Texas, Iowa State, Florida. I uh, completely agree with you. Um, I wrote down Mahomes like movement skills and mannerisms. Like he's a very slithery and he's a very smart player. Like he's not insanely fast, like you said, but you know he just he's able to move well. Um, I brought up good touch and anticipation when discussing how before. I mean, some of these throws, bro, are just absolutely berserk i mean bread in the basket deep shots that land right in the receiver's hands like it really is incredible uh his ball placement on when he's on the move is pinpoint when he's pressured he typically does make the correct move throws it away you know he's not one guy to like chuck it up so i definitely thought he handled pressure well and his mechanics are a lot better than i expected you know not having watched much of uh, Spencer Rattler, I was very impressed by how composed he really is for a guy who moves around so much. You know, he doesn't really get rattled or anything, and I promise I did not mean to make that pun. <laughs> but some of the weaknesses that I have with Rattler are, you know, I don't think the mental processing's there. You know, obviously Oklahoma, uh, Lincoln Riley's an offensive mastermind, makes the job a lot easier for the quarterback, you know. His physical talent allows uh, allows him to be bailed out, but, you know, some of the decisions he makes takes, you know, just a hair bit long. Um, the tight window throws he, were, he was able to make, or that he is able to make, are really fun to watch, but, you know, a lot of them are like 50-50 passes. And this may seem like I'm just coming up with cons, like I hate Rattler. I really do, like... I think he's a super exciting talent. Like, I want this guy to be a stud. Who doesn't want more good quarterbacks uh, in the NFL? But, yeah, I mean, I just – I look at some of these other concerns, like – or these other criticisms of guys like Sam Howell and a guy like Malik Willis, who I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, saying, you know, oh, look at his competition. Oh, look at the offense he's playing in. Like, have you seen the Oklahoma offense? Like, it, this isn't some, uh, you know – crazy complex offensive scheme but uh needless to say rattler is a first round talent in my uh in my opinion i don't have a good comp for him yet i'm a big comp guy uh like to tout that a lot but yeah nah rattler should be good and hopefully you know you can lead oklahoma to the playoffs this year boost that draft stock spencer yeah and just before we move on i just kind of want to put Two things to you. One, I think when you talked about processing, it reminded me of a quote that uh, is actually Sam Watts from PFF. I know the feelings about PFF, but I thought it was a good quote is the jump, the jump from the college football game to the NFL is kind of decided by the not the people that learn the throws that they can make really quickly, but really knowing the throws you can't make is the big key to success come quickly in the NFL. And I agree. It's going to be dicey whether Rattler can do that quickly. I think he might be a guy who's best suited to sit for a year behind. But I just kind of want to throw this out there. How do you feel about this statement? That Spencer Rattler, if he were at BYU, looks pretty much exactly like Zach Wilson. I mean, it's a very tough comparison to make because my – Mine first went to the hype that Rattler has had. Like, Zach Wilson is, like, in that Mitch Trubisky, Joe Burrow tier of guys that, like, 
exploded onto the scene. So it's hard to make that comparison. If we're just talking play style, then, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think it would be much of a difference because I feel like the NFL, for as many dumb decisions these franchises make on draft day, um, they don't... A lot of teams, except for, uh, you know, the Raiders, of course, don't really helmet scout. Like, we have... Uh, the best, the best quarterback in the league is from Texas Tech. Aaron Rodgers went to Cal, you know. And no, no disrespect to those programs or anything, but you know, people act like, oh, if you're not from Clemson, Alabama, you know, Ohio State, like, like I really, I really don't think that would make that much of a difference. I think he would probably not get as much coverage as he does in terms of like media, but. You know, play style. I th- I think he's a better prospect than Zach Wilson. Would you agree? I to me, they're almost exactly the same. I, I think they're both guys that okay. are super accurate, have ridiculous off-platform arm talent. I think maybe Zach Wilson has a little bit more arm. He's a bit bigger, even though he's not a big guy. But both slight frames, both play out of out of structure, and both are gonna struggle to adjust to. Uh, having to make decisions in the NFL initially and not play behind the offensive line they've been playing behind. But I just kind of want to throw that out there and see how you felt about that. Cause I do think he's a guy where if they, they just remind me a lot of each other. You said you didn't have a comp made me think of him. Let's move on to QB three. I know who I have as my QB two hasn't been discussed. I don't know if it's the same guy as you. we go a couple different ways here. It's a pretty open QB class. So I'm gonna let you uh, start this off. Who you got? I feel like your QB2 is not my QB2. Or I'm very confident it's not. Okay, let's so, hear it. I have Malik Willis. I'm a big Malik Willis guy. And I really do think with a down year from Sam Howell, I think he has a good chance. I don't know what you're huffing and puffing, bro, because – from what you told me pre-show. I don't know what you've been huffing and puffing to come to that. Oh, oh my God. Um, no, nah, but the thing with Malik Willis, listen, not the biggest guy, six feet tall, 250 pounds, obviously. A lot of people know the story. Uh, Bo Nix beat him uh, out for the job at Auburn, LMAO. Although Bo Nix has looked pretty good this year, but I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, Willis, he's uh, at liberty now. Um not the best competition he faces, but he's that guy. He does exactly what he's supposed to do. He meets his number one goal basically 100% of the games he plays. And that goal is look like the best player on the field. Um, you know, for I listed his size before. thought his frame was very solid and very sturdy, you know, for what many would probably consider him being like an undersized quarterback. Um, in terms of game speed, he's probably one of the fastest guys I've scouted. I've been doing this since, like, 2015. That's when I really first started scouting. And, you know, I do think he could test very similarly to a Justin Fields. And I do think the advantage that Willis has over Fields in terms of athleticism is he's such a long strider. Like, he's literally like a freaking gazelle out there, man. Like, insane breakaway speed. In terms of... Uh, you know, how he looks on design runs. You know, his vision is good. He has good contact balance also. He's like a running back out there. Um, I, I'm i in love with his arm. I think behind Rattler and maybe Carson Strong, who we'll probably get into in a little bit, those three are probably the three biggest arms in this class, just in terms of, you know, pure strength. Um, I really did enjoy his accuracy. I didn't think his accuracy was not as big of a concern as – Others have been led to believe. Uh, his footwork was pretty solid. Um, some areas that he needs to improve. You know, with a lot of these guys playing at Liberty, this isn't some, you know, insane, um, insane like crazy offense. You know, he, I, he does call his own protections, but he's often, you know, he's pretty privy to his first read. Uh, he struggles a bit with anticipation. He needs to learn that not every pass needs to be a fastball. Uh, some passes outside the numbers are a little shaky. Like I said, I don't think the accuracy issues are that bad. Outside the numbers, it gets a little wonky, but 
you know, there are these moments where he has like these Spencer Rattler as deep shots, and you're like, holy hell, how did he complete that pass? So I look at a guy like Malik Willis with more seasoning, you know, just dominating like this competition. And I truly believe he has a legitimate chance of being the number one pick in the draft if that team needs a quarterback. Yeah, we see we see Malik Willis very differently. That being said, I mean, he's my QB4, personally. So I'm not way off on him. But, yeah, I, I see a couple things very, very differently for you. I think there is a reason Bo Nix beat him out of Auburn. I think it would happen again. Is that he's a wide receiver that just switched to playing quarterback, honestly. And you see that a lot in this game. The dude is, even at Liberty, a bit of a turnover machine. He had some of the best turnover luck on turnover-worthy throws, but that didn't stop from putting the ball on the ground a tremendous amount. He's kind of got that Daniel Jones thing where the awareness isn't quite there, and he knows he's the best athlete out there, and he plays fast, and he plays loose. He, I mean, I, I believe he was top two in turnover-worthy play rate in all of college football last year, uh, even last year. And that was playing against the competition Liberty was playing against. So if you translate that to the SEC, he's probably making four or five turnover-worthy plays every game, realistically. So I do get that. And for me, you you don't mind the footwork too much or the accuracy. I think the accuracy is scattershot and the footwork is horrendous, honestly. At least going off his 2020 tape. I, I was really, really low on that. But... That being said, he's my QB4. So why is that? Arm talent is insane. He has the strongest arm in this class. I, I don't think – some people might say Carson Strong. I, I don't think that there's a doubt in my mind. And he's doing that with a horrible, in my opinion, lower half. You see some of the throws he makes where he literally has one foot in the air when he's releasing the ball, and it's going 50 yards downfield. Like, no issue. No issue. And – it's just ridiculous arm talent. And when he gets his platform right, then you start to see him be a pretty accurate quarterback. As a runner, I don't think he's quite as fast as you think he is in terms of in terms of game speed. And I do have some breakaway data and I that from on field, and I do have some like confirmed 40 times that make him seem maybe not quite as fast as people think of it. I think it looks a bit faster because he's playing against the competition Liberty was playing against. That being said, dude's fast. Dude's fast. He's going to run at minimum of 4 six forty, And regardless of how fast he is, he's built like a running back. This is a rocked up dude. He's going to be able to handle NFL hits. And that matters. That does matter when you're going to play the way he plays. So for me, he's a guy where I don't want to see him anywhere near an NFL field year one. I don't. I don't think he's close to ready. But I would still take him second round, maybe even trade up in the first and just develop this guy. Because if you do end up hitting on him, he does have the raw tools to become a tremendously talented player. And when you hear him interviewed, you hear him talk, he's not talking like he's the best athlete on the field. He's like, look, I know my lower half was fucked up. Messed up last year. Pardon me. Uh, And here's what I'm doing to work on that this offseason. Here's my plan for how I'm going to get better at this area. Everything you want to see him do it. Hey, I know I was too loose with the football this year. So what I'm doing this offseason, one hour every week, I'm spending time just practicing getting hit and running plays where I'm going to be keeping the control of the football. He says everything you'd want to hear. And I think he's a tremendous leader. And I think he's one of those people that's just, I'm willing to bet that he's going to get better. I'm willing to bet that he's going to make those strides. And I, I didn't come into hearing him talk thinking that. And after hearing him talk, man, I'm way more bought in. I'm way more bought in Malik Willis. So he's one of the guys who his range of outcomes for what he could be this year could go back from him being almost undraftable if he makes no strides, that he could be QB1. I could see that. So it's going to be a huge year for him. And that Liberty team, for where they are, they've got some playmakers on that team. So they could make some noise. So I think it's going to be fun to watch. And I, I said some things there where I was – disagree with you so i'm going to give you a second if there's anything you want to kind of come back from but before i do that for going confirmed in game running times in pads for breakaway data out of my top 10 malik willis you haven't seen my top 10 so it's a little bit unfair malik willis is what in terms of the fastest 
I'll let you know the top three are all very close and there's a huge gap. Well, you know, I mean, it's obviously not one of the top three. Um, I don't know. I'll go nine. No, he's third. He's third. He's still pretty fast. Oh, okay. Fast. Okay. So but, wait, 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 what was that whole thing before then about, about, oh, he's, how he, I don't think it was, what was his, what's the actual number? Uh, he got he got up to twenty one miles an hour, and he what? Uh, ran. Yeah, you said that wasn't fast. Twenty one miles per think. hour. Not as fast as people think. Yeah, I think people think he's like a four four guy, and he's not. But that being said, the two guys that were faster than him, on both on tape and in confirmed forty times, are uh, Desmond Ritter and this surprised me a bit. Jaden Daniels. I did not realize he was running a confirmed four four eight, and he got up to twenty one point eight four. Jaden Daniels is about my weight. Jaden Daniels is like 150 pounds. I'm not surprised about that. Desmond. He was literally 180 pounds when he ran that. But that being, or he actually, he ran a confirmed 448 um, at his current weight, which is in the 190s. But I didn't know he was that fast. I'll be honest with you. I thought that was kind of interesting tidbit, but I'll let you get, get a little response to what I said there. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll kind of backtrack off that for a little second because I understand you had a uh, specific comp for Malik Willis that I, I do. I do love to discuss right now. <laughs> I know you hate it. I know you hate it. Disrespectful. He reminds me uh, a lot of Hertz. That's who he reminds me of Jalen Hertz. I they're pretty much exactly the same size. They have the exact same leadership qualities. They're the kind of quieter guys, but they do and they lead by example. They say all the right things. They're, they're humble. They play within themselves. They're both very inaccurate. And they're both basically running back. Similar similar style of play. I think similarly they're going to need some time to develop. And I think they're running – I mean, at least in terms of confirmed run times, they're pretty much exactly the same level of athlete. I, I will say I think Hertz was a bit more polished coming out than what Willis was in 2020. And I will – not much. I don't think Hertz was the most polished guy. And I do think that Willis has a much stronger, not a much stronger, but a stronger arm. I, I think there is a gap there as well. And I, I'm going to stand by this. You're not backing me off this. I know you're going to hate you, me you should, you should back off the cliff on this, man. I mean, I think I'm accelerate for it. Gas pedal. Yeah, accelerate off the cliff, man. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't like the comparison in all seriousness just because of the arm talent. Because Jalen Hurts... <clears throat> Definitely does not have that strong of an arm. I look at those two, I feel like, you know, Malik Willis has the potential to open up an offense so much more than Jalen. He has a stronger arm. As a passer, by the way. Yeah. All right. There's a gap there. Um, There's a gap in terms of arm I Yeah. I mean, I I disagree extremely, but I obviously like Willis more than you. So, I mean, we both seem to like him. All three guys so far, we seem to uh, enjoy them. Just a little bit of a deviation i would say but um what about that's what makes this fun it does strong oh it just makes it fun you know the disagreement this time of year like we watch the same tape i respect how you evaluate players very strong and we see very different things while seeing the same positive so it's just it's interesting and for what's worth i really do like like willis i would i would drive off a cliff as you said uh for him after hearing him talk uh i like strong i'm lower on him than other people uh he is my qb5 i have a late second round grade on qb5 too yeah he's it's interesting man i i think initially when i watched him i was a little bit lower on his arm strength than i should have been i i thought he was just maybe a tick above average he's he's more than that i it was just watching that offense i didn't get to see him drive any throws he was either just throwing kind of like super lofty Hail Mary deep shots where he didn't seem to know exactly where the ball was going, but he was going to give his receiver time to get under it wherever it was going. And to be fair, a lot of them go pretty far with a ton of air under it, but I didn't get to see him drive much after seeing him drive it. Dude has a strong arm. That being said, I don't love his mechanics. A lot of the time you can tell what the throw is going to be just by watching his mechanics. He's either going to throw with this weird kind of like a dart thrower type mechanics with kind of a strange lower body where it looks like he's trying to hold his arm back maybe i don't know touch passes it looks like he's just kind of throwing a dart that's kind of what it looks like and i think he's not going to be able to get away with that at the next level 
you got to You can't be switching up your mechanics. It's like a pitcher, right? If you're throwing one way with the fastball and one way with the changeup, they're going to know which one's coming. Uh, so that was something I didn't love. Um, I also thought he was tremendous before the snap. His before the snap reads best in the class. There's no doubt about it. It's phenomenal. He's asked to it a bunch. He's definitely a smart quarterback. I don't know how big he is. Maybe six, two, uh, kind of a thinner frame. There were some issues seen over the lines of time. And there were some issues where he was getting on his toes and it looked like he was getting on his toes to try to see over the line. And I think he had what? 27 touchdowns, four interceptions. I think that was a bit of a fluke. I, I, he was under throwing a lot of deep balls with a ton of air under him and not because he didn't have the arm, but it was because he was just throwing it way up there and he didn't quite know where it was going to go. A lot of those are going to get picked off when you're not playing in Nevada. Uh, that I think is a bit of a concern. He's definitely a pure pocket guy. I didn't love him off platform. No running, no running game. He's a flat footer. But that being said, dude throws a nice back shoulder ball. Like if he can get his arm to be the same, he can throw with nice touch. He does throw a good deep ball. I mean, he doesn't have Josh Allen issue where he's just trying to drive it on a line and get himself a small margin of error. He's given himself a big line. He has some guys like Dubs who might be the best I've seen in a little bit at stacking receivers deep. Maybe De'Ami Brown was the other guy that really did help him out on those deep balls. And I mean, he does have that thing where he's throwing the ball for a very high A dot and he's getting it out quickly, which is what you just saw pretty much Tom Brady do last year. So there's some stuff to like here. There's just, I didn't love watching him when he was blitzed. His numbers are good, but watching him, I didn't love it. I think I see him backpedal a ton and I don't see a much on of off platform ability. And uh, he just, the guys he reminded me of where I think I've told you this, Joe Flacco, a little bit Kyle Trask in the, you just, if you can just fix some of those lower half mechanic issues that he has, you can see how he could take a next leap forward. And I think those are the guys that I was really seeing with him. And I don't know that that gets you drafted in the first round right now. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? There are people that are really high on him. Yeah, I know, and I just don't get it. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said, Alex, to be completely honest. Like, disagreed on some stuff. Um, I'll get into that. But going back to what you said earlier, yes, he is. He's he's basically going to be like 6'3 in cleats because his uh, official height is listed as 6 feet 2 inches, 5'8", 215 pounds. So solid size. Um, you know, the arm strength is phenomenal. I mean, we could get that out of the way. He has a good body, good sturdy body for a uh, quarterback. Um, you know, I really liked his patience, you know, waiting for that play to, or waiting for the play to develop. Um, and you could see it, like, if you watched a bunch of his games from last year, you could see it as the season went on, you know, struggled a little bit against Wyoming doing so, but, you know, towards the end of the season against San Jose State, uh, really, really, you know, displayed patience. Uh, beautiful moments of ball placement, really. Like, 30-plus yards down the field, just really some insane, you know, breadbasket passes. Same thing that I had said about Spencer Rattler. Uh, when his feet are set, he throws, like, probably the best ball in this class, in my opinion. When his feet are set, but... I'm going to go back to a theme with Carson Strong, and that is inefficiency. Because despite some of those jaw-dropping displays of deep ball touch, the accuracy is mind-bogglingly frustrating and inconsistent. I feel like he lacks the anticipation and touch required at this stage. And, you know, I must have watched like 200 passes. Maybe you, I don't know if you agree with me on this. I feel like I watched like 200 passes from Carson Strong last year. Maybe 10 or 15 of those 200 were like intermediate passes across the middle of the field. Everything was either a dump off or just a deep shot. Um, the ball placement, despite some good moments, it's still erratic. Um, like you brought up, it was a great point. No mobility. Um, I don't think he's a like abominable athlete, but there's no way this guy's like gonna, you know, like what you said about Sam Howell. He's not gonna be like a oh let me churn out like a maybe like a first down run or something. Like he's not slippery like that. 
Uh, the mechanics and footwork are the biggest problem. And I'm happy we agree on that because I I just don't I don't get what people are seeing, to be honest. And listen, I respect other people's opinions and whatnot. But I don't get what people are seeing when they're saying this guy could be the number one pick and he has like newborn baby deer legs and the mechanics in the pocket when he's getting pressured, like he will literally throw up a Hail Mary. Like, just take the sack, man. And he's he's just really inconsistent. And I just, he reminds me a ton of Drew Locke. He really does. Like, are we going to take a Drew it. Locke? I can see it. Yeah, are we going to take a Drew Locke talent, top five? I get quarterback, the value gets pushed up. But I want to ask you this, Alex, because I had asked uh, – couple people this the other day maybe you had seen it i know you didn't answer it but um just like think about it from the big picture is there anything outside of you know arm strength driving the ball down the field is there anything that you believe carson strong does better than sam howell uh anticipation i uh i think pre-snap reads yeah okay okay that's respectable I okay. I mean, I I can kind of see, given that you know, like he did he did get better in that department as the season went on. But just if we're going off his stock, like you and me both have him QB five. He's he's not ready yet. He's not ready yet. I mean, maybe he could take a big step this year, but it's just hard for me to see a guy with his profile, despite you know a good size and a great arm. You know, NFL teams like I don't I don't think they're gonna make that mistake again. I really don't. It's got to be an Aaron style offense. I, I the thing I kind of wanted to say with him that I kind of didn't say eloquently when I was talking about him is that the dude has amazing pre-snap reads and everything is touch and timing. And if that touch and timing is a, interrupted at all, basically, he looks like a deer in headlights. He really does. I, I, I think that if he ever gets out of his rhythm – even on his deep balls. I mean, he's, he's getting the ball out of his hands in two seconds on 50 yard passes. It's pretty ridiculous, but if you force him onto his second read or you force him to adjust his eyes in any way, it it's not pretty right now. It's not pretty. And maybe it's just cause he hasn't had to do it and it's there and he can do it, but didn't look good. Didn't look good. And I, I the offense doesn't translate to the NFL. So yeah, it, it's a concern for me. It's a concern for me, but, uh, yeah, I think you got to develop him, and he's got to be in the right offense. And if he's not, it's not going to work. That being said, I want to move on to my quarterback too. We haven't brought up yet, and for me, he's actually my my one B to my one A with uh, Rattler. I really liked Matt Corral, and I have seen his first two games coming to this year, and I just like him even more. He to me has a lot of the things that Joe Burrow kind of had coming into his 2019 season where coming in you you saw in 2020 you saw a lot of talent flash he doesn't have the strongest arm ever but he's gotten you know at least baseline arm talent it's there and he's made huge strides off the field I mean he was a guy who was a concern off the field coming in at Mississippi sat didn't transfer out won the job back from John Reese Plumley, who's now a wide receiver I believe for them and He's been pretty phenomenal. I, the other thing that reminds me of him is he, to me, is the most accurate quarterback in this class. I, I think Matt Corral, his accuracy and touch is tremendous to me. I, I, I'm seeing a face from you that you don't agree, so you'll get your chance to say something back to that. But, man, I, I really liked his, his accuracy and timing. He has a tendency to get onto his toes, which I don't like. I don't like watching that personally. That was something that I definitely noticed. The other thing I noticed was that he has, for better or worse, absolute blind faith in whatever the play call is. And that was something I saw a lot from Joe Burrow, too, where they are just – they trust their playmakers, they trust the call, and it doesn't matter what the defense is doing, they're going to do it there. And then in 2020 – or pardon me, I think it was 2019, all of a sudden Joe Burrow just started to be able to process a lot quicker, got some more snaps – and I think I'm kind of starting to see a bit of that from Corral. And uh, to me, man, he can do all the Matt Ryan stuff. But in addition to the Matt Ryan stuff, he's got that Burrow level. He's kind of quick. He's not the fastest guy ever, but 
he can pick up those, you know, 20 to 30 yards a game as well. Good athlete. Arm strength is enough. In a down class, I like him. I, I, I do like him quite a bit. I think he's got that potential to be that, you know, maybe not a top five guy in the NFL at any one point, but in that, you know, eight to 12 range where if you put the right offense and team around him, he can take you where you have to go. That's obviously at the, uh, at the high end and he's going to have to prove it a bit more, but I, I really, really like Mac. I like Mac Corral too. Um, you know, I agree with you in the sense that coming out of summer scouting, he was my, probably my top pick to take, you know, that Joe Burrow S leap. Um, you know, his height, he is, uh, He's listed six feet five eights, two hundred and five pounds. I think we have him at a four seven six forty yard dash. So we, I mean, he's got a little scoot to him. I mean, I th- I think he'll run a little quicker than that. Uh, but the things with Corral, uh, you know, I really enjoy the velocity at which he throws. You know, he knows how to like hone that. He's able to throw, you know, those missiles across the field, and he has good potential to, you know, be a good tight window passer. Um, throwing motion. Effortless, really. I really think he could be an outstanding play-action quarterback. Mechanics in the pocket were solid. Um, you know, the touch that he throws with can be inconsistent, uh, but he definitely improved as, you know, the 2020 season went on. He's looked great this year, as you've alluded to. Um, really, really good under pressure. Like, hit some beautiful deep shots right as he was about to get walloped by defensive linemen last year. Um, yeah, like I say, he's a good athlete with his legs. Um, I do agree with you that he's definitely not a technician. You know, that blind faith that you have referred to, definitely agree with that. Um, I really agree with, or I really disagree with the most accurate quarterback in this class take. Um, listen, I really do believe that Corral struggles with, you know, just some inconsistency with ball placement. Um, one tendency that he does have is he doesn't really overshoot guys that much, but he will underthrow them. And they're Tell not us. like regardless. I mean they're they're underthrown passes that like and they're not like, you know, those sco- those stone skipping like passes that like skip you- like they're just low and I feel like they would get picked off a lot. And another thing that I don't know if you caught this with him, I felt like he hesitated a lot. Um, you know, he he does take some silly sacks, uh, misses some easy like he'll, you know, pump fake, like double pump or whatever. But you know, all that being said, like he's looked outstanding this year. You know, him and the connection with uh Dontario Drummond, who's kind of like filled in for, like, all of Elijah Moore's production from last year. He's a bigger guy. I mean, he's looked outstanding this year. And I honestly know it's not really a big deal at the end of the day, even though it is for some people probably the best aesthetic out of all these quarterbacks, if I, if I had to say. Big fan of the Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, Corral, I really like him. And you know what? He's playing outstanding this year. We'll see if he could keep the turnovers in check still. If he could do that, this is probably going to be a first-round quarterback because there's so much to like about him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if he wasn't there coming into the year, I think he's the riser. Uh, in the interest of time, we're just going to do a kind of quick hitter through each of our uh, top ten lists. I'll go first, then I'll pass it to you. Uh, for me, number six, I do have Desmond Ritter. I'm higher than him than a lot of people in our group. He's a phenomenal athlete. He really is not super accurate, older to the point for than what you want to be for a developmental guy, but good leader. And he's got a lot of stuff you can't teach. Can you teach him? I don't know. I don't know. But so I think he's that early day three developmental guy for me. I like Jaden Daniels a lot. Lower half can be truly awful. He only weighs 190 pounds. That being said, I think at Arizona State, he does not have the receivers that are geared for him. I last year signed to Frank Darby and uh, I think it was Johnny Wilson, that 6'6 wide receiver, and he is not a back shoulder throw guy. He's definitely the type of guy who is going to put defensive in binds with his legs and uh, always keeps his eyes as he's going downfield and has a pretty strong arm, can make throws all over, kind of a poor man's Sean Watson and runs a legit 4-4-8-40. And uh, I, I like him a lot, but he has a lot of work to do to get to where he needs to be. So 
I think there's a lot there, but at least keeps the ball out of harm's way. Uh, number eight, this might be spicy for a lot of people here. I like Grayson McCall. I, I liked him a lot more than a lot of other people did. Uh, I, it just looked at him. He's accurate, and I think he's a really smart quarterback. He doesn't have the biggest arm ever. I think he probably wouldn't look quite as athletic as he does if he wasn't at Coastal Carolina. But I just like him, man. I like the way he processes the game, and I like the way he is able to put the defenses in binds with what he does with his eyes, with what he does with his legs, and I think he's pretty accurate. So I like him a lot. I think at worst he can be kind of a second offensive coordinator on the field. Uh, number nine, this is the guy who jumped into my top ten for me. I did watch him a bit last year, but there wasn't a ton to go off of. But I'm going to go with uh, Tua Two, Electric Bulu, uh, Tua Leah, Tagovailoa. I – I like what he's doing this year, man. I like that whole Maryland offense. And, uh, you know, he's looking accurate, and he's looking like he's made a big jump in terms of how he's progressing. I, I think he's going to be a guy who gets drafted. His numbers are phenomenal this year. He's got really good wide receivers. He's starting to weirdly good wide receivers for where he plays. But to me, he's a guy. He's, he's jumping for me right now. I don't know if he has the traits to be a guy that goes early, but he's jumping. Number 10, Keaton Slovis. I I don't get it. I, I didn't get it coming into the year. I especially don't get it now. I he doesn't have he doesn't have it. He doesn't have the sauce. Uh, I like the guy. I wish him the best. My comp for him was a risk it for the biscuit style of Jake Fromm. I I don't know. I, I think the hype is ridiculous personally. So that's my top ten. I'll let you quickly run through yours. Maybe talk some shit since I went first. And uh, let's go. Um, to be honest, I think we're going to have the same guys. Uh, I will give this caveat quickly. I have Phil Jerkevich out of Boston College as eight, but um, we're recording this the same day it was announced that Jerkevich is doubtful. He's going to miss the year. This year. Yeah, with a, I believe he had hand surgery, meaning he's very, very unlikely to declare he's not a senior. So just going to knock him out of here for now, just so I could talk about some guys that you know, we might not know if they declare or not. Um, my sixth quarterback is JT Daniels. And, you know, there's a big drop off after these five guys that we've, uh, we've, uh, deep dived into JT Daniels, you know, he's a game manager. I feel like he could kind of feel like that. Former starter. Him. Yes. Former starter, JT <laughs> Daniels. But, uh, but, um, yeah, no, nah, but, uh, in all seriousness, like, you know, I feel like, he has his moments, you know, the arm is a little underwhelming to say the least, but, you know, I thought he has good accuracy, you know, he's able to read the field pretty well. I'm a, I'm a decent JT Daniels fan. Um, seven, I actually have uh, Grayson McCall. So you and me both like Grayson McCall. He's another Let's guy. I, I feel like part of me wants to put McCall over JT Daniels. I don't know, but I don't know. Uh, McCall's look really good this year. Uh, you know, playing at Coastal Carolina, he's got, he does have some decent weapons, uh, beat Zach Wilson last year. And, uh, you know, uh, I think he's a pretty good athlete. I don't really entrust the arm strength that much, which I think relegates him to a backup role. But another good processor, you know, can make most of the throws. I thought he was pretty impressive throwing, you know, outside the numbers and stuff like that. I was very surprised by his ability to do that. So I like Grayson McCall. Um, number eight, we have Desmond Ritter. And, you know, it's not that far off from you. Like, you have him QB6, I have him QB8. I need to see more of him against better competition in terms of accuracy because he was by far one of the least accurate guys I've watched in probably the last couple of years. Um, you know, just overshoots guys. I think he's got, like, you know, good mechanics. He's a very smart guy. I He could be a legit, you know, like, riser this year if he can improve that area. But, you know, I'm not going to not gonna give him the benefit of the doubt for uh, through two, two games this year. I kind of want to see him against better competition, you know really struggled throughout the year last year so we'll see where it goes from here if he was uh, 21 he'd be qb4 for me i'll say that but he's not he's old he's making mistakes that you shouldn't be making at his age no yeah yeah i agree with you and uh shout out our buddy nick from our uh slack channel 
that you and me are in. You know, uh, high school buddies, I believe, with Desmond Ritter. I think they played Little League together or something like that. Big Desmond no Ritter shit. guy. Nick. Shout out, oh, Nick. Yeah. yeah, man. But uh, number nine, I have Jaden Daniels. Uh, we're, we're getting into, like, late day three territory for me. There's kind of a drop-off. Uh, Jaden Daniels, he's an athlete playing quarterback, plain and simple. Worst mechanics in this class. You know, he does have an exciting deep ball. He's obviously got good athleticism. Needs to put more muscle on his frame regardless. But uh, he's just not ready yet. I would be I would be very surprised if he declared this year, even with a big year. And then we have the same number 10 guy, Keaton Slovis. Uh, you know, really disappointing watch. Uh, I actually watched him again because I thought I was too high on him. I think I had him, like, back in June, like, as my QB5. And then people were like, ew. And I was like, am I missing something? So he was one of those guys, like, I rewatched. And, yeah, I mean, the arm is just not where it's supposed to be. I really do like that, you know, risk it for the biscuit, Jake Fromm. Oh, very good, Alex. Very good. Thank Appreciate you. That comment. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, and, you know, we're only doing 10. I'll just go through a couple guys that I kind of like. I'll, I'll give these two tapes. Uh, takes honorable mention. Uh, Dustin Crumb, Kent State, very weak arm, but very accurate. feel like. You know, he could be on a team's practice squad. Who knows what could happen? One of the more accurate quarterbacks in this class. And I also want to say this. De'Ara King, Miami, I know he didn't play that well against Alabama. He's a quarterback. I don't want to see him. You could try him at running back. He's a pretty stout guy. His mechanics were very impressive for me. Expected a lot worse from De'Ara King. And he surprised me a little bit. Seventh round grade, but, you know. Take what you I like yeah. it. I got a couple of uh, seventh UDFA guys we haven't talked about. Like you mentioned, I mean, Jerkovic for me, he was a guy I was lower on than everybody else. You can see the raw, the raw tools there are solid. He just, he was so inaccurate for me. But, uh, and with the injury, it's tough. Uh, a couple guys, uh, David Leary at uh, NC State is a, uh, he's a bomber, man. He's, he's an attacker. I, I haven't seen enough of him to feel confident in my take on him, but he's definitely a guy who, he's going to have a fun highlight reel. I'll say that. I'll say that. Uh, Phoenix over at Indiana. He's not a guy I love. I thought I thought you might be higher on him. I I, I don't love him personally. Uh, Daniels. I, I thought I thought it was going to be weird that I didn't have my top ten, but he didn't have a starting job, and I was low on him anyway. So kind of pushed him out. Bo Nix, like you mentioned, played a bit better. The two guys that have kind of actually popped for me are uh, a guy I hadn't seen any of before. Peyton Thorne at uh, Michigan State looked really good this year, and I haven't seen enough of him again to have a strong opinion on him, but. I've seen enough to think he might be a draftable grade for me already right now. And I'm, I'm excited to see how he looks in big, big uh, 10 play. And then the one guy I really want to talk about, who I think it's overlooked a lot is former Clemson transfer, Zarek Cooper, who is at Jacksonville state. He's a rough gem, rough gem, but he is a phenomenal athlete. He's big. I think he's like something in the range of six, four to 35. He's fast. He's probably like a sub four, seven guy, legitimate athlete in pads too very strong arm one of the strongest arms in this class and uh not not the most accurate guy ever just a really really good raw tools good makeup and uh been kind of hidden over at jacksonville state so there cooper other guy in this class that i really like anything else you want to talk about today zach uh no i think that about covers it um i'm just thinking about when we go into uh next season and our number one quarterback prospect we're talking about is uh anthony richardson anthony richardson you heard it here first anthony richardson over prospect a one certain clemson quarterback oh dju easily man dju more like dju zach Dietz is out <laughs> yes, we'll see we'll see richardson though man he looked good in the, in his uh, limited time last week. I'll say that not putting him over JU at all right now, but I think I think that's going to be a better class than this one. I'll say that. I'll say that. But uh, man, fun talk to you like always. Definitely some fun uh, fun disagreements. See how it's going to play out, and agreed on most things like usual. Zach, I love you, man. Hope you have a great rest of your night. Thanks for talking to me today. Appreciate you, man. Love you, too. Appreciate all of our listeners. Also, make sure to download Juicy Deets NFL Podcast on any place, basically. You get your podcast. We're on Apple 
podcasts. We're on Spotify. You know, trying to catch that NPR contract. Just kidding. But uh, yeah, no. <laughs> a five star review to- for sure. If you have a five star review and a comment, we will put you on an episode. This Don't week see. only. This week only. We'll do a five star reviewer episode. Just toss everyone on here. Pure chaos. <laughs> uh, yeah, def- definitely. No, We're definitely trying to get you, shot. We definitely want to get you guys more involved. You know, eventually do some Q and A's as the uh, popularity creeps up like that. But appreciate everybody who listened. Alex, Zach will personally have- come to your house and hug you. I will. I will fly all the way from my mansion in Long Island and you know just embrace you. <laughs> all right and on that note we will end this podcast thank you for listening tune in again later in the week when we uh kind of uh catch up on our betting lines pod from last week see how we did see what tremendous picks zach made and uh, what the overall line is and uh see what we think is going to happen in week two appreciate you thanks for listening to juicy deets i am alex jensen you can find me at juicy underscore jensen on the twitter Zach Dietz at NFL Dietz, or pardon me, NFL underscore Dietz on Twitter. Check out the Juicy Dietz podcast on whichever social media platform or podcast listening platform you prefer to listen to. And uh, don't pay attention to the Washington Huskies at all this year. It didn't happen. It's not happening. Except Kate Otten. Except Kate Otten. Except for Kate Otten and the entire defense. Yes. Yes. But we don't have a quarterback. It's just a rumor. It's false. All right. I'm all yours. Not for the money, and it's not for the applause. No, it's for the noise, please. Sex, sex, sex. You know, I'm just a little bit like